With training camp here, we look at each player on the roster and determine their value in our franchise rankings right here on the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Mercudi from Sportsnet. A reminder that Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so make sure you subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from, and you can catch us up on YouTube each and every day, Locked On Leafs. So make sure you subscribe to make sure you get all the latest content there. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics with that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-C-Medical.com. Well, training camp is now here. We got a chance to hear what the players have to say. I'll discuss that and more on the next episode of the podcast, but I want to get us get the ball rolling here. Obviously, we are now back to five shows a week for those who got with got started with us in the summertime you know that we were on three shows a week during the off season what makes us a different and unique podcast to some other ones is that we are here five days a week we do five shows a week so we get all that leaves content to you so make sure you are subscribed make sure you get those notifications when everything comes out so that way you are caught up each and every day five days a week here at the locked on these podcasts for those wondering where mike is mike is away this week he will be back end of the week, starting next week, most likely. We're going to get you caught up on everything that happened during training camp. Don't you worry. But we did pre-record some content that we want to roll out just as training camp was starting. And so this is our second, I would say, second segment, second little uh, experiment we're trying. On the past episode, or our last episode, if you haven't watched it, make sure you go and watch it. We did our Build a Perfect Toronto Maple Leafs player. So if you haven't had a chance, go and uh, watch it. Give your rating of Mike's perfect player, my perfect player, which one you would do. Maybe you have an idea of your perfect least player. So make sure you go ahead and you go and do that. But without further ado, here is the next segment that we're doing for you. And it is our player franchise ranking. So what we do is we take, take each player on the least roster and we kind of give their give ourselves like a ranking a tier ranking of where the player's value lies on the leafs okay so there are a few tiers that we go through so um mike explains how it kind of all works so i won't get too far into it so without further ado here is our franchise tier rankings here on the locked on these podcast all right dave i'm excited for this segment and uh i think it's something that we're gonna have to do every year because this, this sounds like it could be a fun exercise so what we are going to do dave and i is we are going to take all of the maple leafs on the roster right now everyone who's considered to be part of the main roster team or at least will be fighting for a spot with the main roster and we're going to put them all into certain pockets of where we think their value lies with the team in like a tier list. So we've got four different tiers that we've got uh, to place these players into. We've got franchise players, 
that we can slot them into. We've got impactful NHLers. We've got complementary role players and then depth players. So those are the four categories that we have and the four kind of different buckets we'll be slotting these players into. And uh, why don't we just get started here, pal? Let's just get right into it. Uh, let's pull up the the graphic, the nice tier. I don't know what they call this thing, the, the tier creator, whatever it may be. It's, it's tier a- maker 5,000. Yeah, we'll call it the Tier Maker 5000. Absolutely. So as you can see, we've got photos of pretty much the entire Maple Leafs team. And we are going to be putting these guys, slotting them correctly into where we believe they should be. So we'll just pretty much go down the list as it's uh, currently constructed. And the first guy on the list is Big Poppy, Austin Matthews. And you can fight me on this if you want, Dave. You can fight me on this if you want, but I personally believe, hot take, this guy might be a franchise player, considering they just paid him 13 schmill to uh, be a long-term leaf here. Well, if you ask some people, Austin Matthews might not be as committed as we think he is. Well, I as mean, a franchise player. Yeah, I doubt that to be the case, considering that he, he could have left and he could have got the same amount of money elsewhere, but he decided to stay. And absolutely, um, Austin Matthews is a franchise player. It's not even close. He's a top five player in the entire NHL. You know, last year for sure, it was a little bit of a downer. Only 40 goals, like only 40 goals. That just goes to show how good he is that we're using the word only to describe a 40 goal season. Whereas with a guy like William Nylander, it's like, whoa, 40 goal season. Good for him. Career year. Matthews were like, ah, only 40. I'm hoping he has a big turnaround. Um, and I do think he'll have a turnaround this year. I think he hits the 50 plateau again, but there's no, there's no argument here. He's, he's 100% a franchise player for this team. No, there shouldn't be any doubt of that. He was the first overall pick. His when they won that draft lottery, it changed the course of the franchise because you can tank, you can go and get yourself bombed out, but you need that player. You need to get that player, and that player has to then transcend the organization into the next phase of the build of in the least case, the Shannon plan. Has it led to a, a cup? Not yet, but he has certainly taken the from what this Leafs team was from not even making, no, barely making the playoffs. The only playoff appearance they had made before Austin Matthews was a Leaf was in a shortened season. We know how that ended. Yeah, exactly. So we we do. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, I think it's safe to say that his bringing him up onto this Leafs team has changed the way that this franchise has gone. So a hundred percent pure definition of a franchise player. Yeah. 100%. Um, Next on uh, on this list next guy in line at the very least if you're watching on youtube we're just gonna go literally in order of the way the the photos are here is tyler bertuzzi tyler bertuzzi the newcomer to the toronto maple leafs ty uh ty i was about to call you tyler um dave (laughs) uh where should we be slotting tyler bertuzzi as he uh embarks on his first season as a maple leaf well, considering he's getting five and a half sheets and the role that he's played on other teams and what we have seen from him in the past, I think it's pretty safe to put him in the impactful NHLers part of this list. Yeah, I completely agree. Like they they, they brought this guy in 
to be an impactful player. Like he's not a franchise guy. He never was in Detroit. He's not going to be here in Toronto. Wasn't in Detroit in uh, Boston either, but he does have, uh, you know, a chance to make some significant impact, right? Like you need those secondary guys. And, you know, you look at what they've had on the left wing the last few years. Um, I don't think they've had someone as talented as Tyler Bertuzzi, like even as good as Zach Hyman is, I think Bertuzzi's a better offensive player than Zach Hyman. You know, and, and I know Hyman put up 100 points. I get that last season. He was outstanding um, or close to it. But still, I, I look at Tyler Bertuzzi, and I think there's just more natural skill there. And he brings, you know, brings some grit to this team. And I think he's going to have an unbelievable season um, in this top six, whether that's alongside Austin Matthews or that's with, you know, Nylander or Tavares, whoever it may be. Uh, this guy's certainly going to make an impact this year. I, I firmly believe that he should be slotted in this section as well. No, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing where he plays in the lineup and how and how he does with whoever he plays with. I think he's going. I, there was a lot of reason to be excited for this signing, and I'm uh, I'm hoping that it's it, he brings the impact that uh, was uh, that this team certainly will need, especially come playoff time. And the snot, he brings snot too, as uh, Brad Chilliming said. And hey, don't forget, like this, this is a guy, five goals, 10 points in uh, seven playoff games with the Bruins this year. So, you know, he, he also came up pretty clutch when, uh, when it, it was go time in the playoffs and the Leafs need impactful performers come playoff time. So hopefully Tyler Bertuzzi can add that as well. Um, going from Tyler Bertuzzi, one of the Leafs new additions straight into their other new addition max domi is the next player on this list where you got domi at i think this one maybe has warrants a little bit more of a conversation but where would you slot him i mean if you look at the numbers if you look at what he's put up it shows that he can be an impactful player but the thing is that's playing for a team like chicago where he is needed to be an impactful player on this leafs team he's not like we don't know exactly where his role is, right? Is he on the second line? Is he on the third line? So to me, that screams to more of like it's whatever role he is being brought in to do, right? Like until I see in training camp that he's in an impactful part of the lineup, which being the top six, I don't know if he is going to be that impactful player that we've seen in past years from just because of the role he could be put into. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much sums up my thoughts on it as well. I think it's going to depend on where exactly he plays in the lineup. It's going to be in the middle six somewhere, whether it's on the second or the third line, we don't know. Uh, we'll probably see some time on the power play, on the second power play at the very least, so he'll have a chance to, to make some impact there. But I think for right now, when you look at this team, you know, not everybody can be impactful, right? Like I, I think that Max Domi, if he's considered one of your role players – um, you know, a guy outside of your top, you know, eight to, to, to 10 players on your team. I think you're, you're doing pretty good for yourself. So I, I'm good with putting him in role player right now as well. Uh, next up, we got Uncle Gio, Zio Gio, as uh, we like to, to call him on Zio Father. This, this podcast, Zio Gio, a couple of, couple of Italian stallions like you and I, and that's, that's the Gio Father. Exactly. Have you seen this shirt? going around that says that i think it's called it literally says geofather and it's him in the depiction of the godfather famous godfather shirt i have not but this is a picture this is a shirt that i would like to own like that seems very much 
right up my alley and, and my brand. So yeah, at some point, Dave, if you come across this, I would love it. If you if you wanted to buy it for me as a gift, I, I wouldn't say no. That's all I'm saying. I would not say no if you stumbled across this and wanted to be yeah, a nice, uh, nice co-host and a nice friend. I'll to, I, I think Dang, Steve Dang was working on his podcast, so I'll have to find it. I'll have to ask Steve where he got it from or who gave it to him. It will reach out. Maybe it was a personal, uh, a personalized item. I'm not sure. All right, we'll get you back to doing our lists in a moment here on Locked On These Podcasts. But before we do, let me tell you about one of our show sponsors today, and that is our friends over at Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you know that you're not just hoping they have access to medication in an emergency Jace Medical makes every make sure you have all the medication in hand. It is simple, and they handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unexpected, unprepared. Save more than three hundred sixty dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional twenty dollars off by using code Locked On at checkout on JaceMedical.com. That is J-A-S-E Medical.com promo code Locked On. Uh, but Giordano is the next man on our list. Uh, where you got Gio going? I, I got him in role players. Like he's he at this point of his career, he's going to be on the third pairing most likely, playing penalty kill and a lot of heavy defensive minutes. Let's say I think that's where I have him. I think I want to put him in depth, Dave. This okay. is the first time. This is the first time that we are uh, disagreeing. And look, you can fight for you can fight for role player. Like I mean, I think we both need to make our case here as to why we believe they should be in in this specific spot. And if we can convince one another, I suppose that's who wins and where we end up putting them. But you know, I'm just not sure that Geo at this point in his career is going to be an every night contributor. And that's really the reason why I'm not sure I can put him as a role player. I think if you are counted on, um, counted upon by this team to be a you know, a, a secondary role player for the squad, you probably should be able to play every night. And I'm just not convinced that that's going to be uh, the situation for Giordano this year, as much as he wants to. And I know last year there was a lot of discourse about how much he wanted to play every night and how he felt like he was better when he didn't get rest. Um, but ultimately at the end of the year, you saw that the boots weren't there, right? The, the wheels really came off late in the season and they can't have that happen again uh, this year for, for Gio. So if they can keep some of that energy throughout the regular season so that he can actually be an effective player come playoff time, uh, hopefully a much longer uh, playoff run than the one they just had. I think it's, it's probably in their best interest to have that tough conversation and say, Hey, look, you know, I, I think you're best to play 60 games this year and then take a couple nights off. So, for that reason, I think that's why I would be um, look at him as a depth player, depth role right now. Yeah, I, the only reason why I'm I, I just know that Sheldon Keefe has his favorites. I think that's the only reason why I feel like he we might see more Geo than maybe he we should, just because we saw it last year. I mean, yeah, on certain back to backs he wasn't playing, but. He didn't go from being he, he was playing. I don't know. Actually, I should have looked at how many minutes he played last year because that would have helped my argument just a little bit more. Um, 
like this, this doesn't feel like a, a player that's going to be kind of cast aside. That's kind of how I, I see it. Like he averaged just over 18 minutes last year. And well, in the- keep in mind, there was that stretch like December ish through like February where he was like this team's top pair defenseman, like him and Justin Hall effectively Ugh. were the top healthy <laughs> defenseman on this team. Like, remember that Riley and Brody both were gone. And yeah, all of a sudden, I, like, I, that I, try, was- to, I try to forget those nights because those were some. Uh, he was he was actually really good, though. Like, if you remember, he was good. But I think because of the amount of tread that it took during those uh, like those couple of months, that's what kind of made him a little bit less effective later on in the season. Just didn't have, didn't have it in him. Um, so I will say, I'll say this though. To, it kind of helps your argument in the playoffs. Like last year, like the, the, when he first came, his first playoff appearance, he played 20 minutes a night. Yeah. And then this past season, he was, just up, just under 15 minutes a night. So yeah, his- like I, I think he's ultimately third pair duties is is what he's going to be. And they brought in, um, you know, another defenseman too to help on the power play. So he's not even going to get much PP two time either. So it's pretty much just going to be you know a, a guy who's just going to play some five on five um, minutes. Maybe he gets a, a little bit of a time on the PK. Um, but for the most part, I think he's just going to have a little bit of a scaled, scaled down routine this year. Uh, all right. Mitch Marner is the next man on our list. Uh, I think, uh, he's also a franchise player. Yeah. Dave, uh, would you like to argue with me? I take nope. that as a no, as you're already. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not even arguing. People can have this argument. Like, obviously everyone thinks of Austin Matthews as a franchise player, but Mitch Marner has always viewed himself in the team has viewed him pretty close to Austin Matthews in the same regard, right? Like plays a lot of plays a lot of different situations. Guy who's leading the team in points, right? We're, like, we're, we're, we're talking about a 99 point Selkie trophy candidate here. Like yeah. as a, like as a winger at that, like he's that dominant plays all aspects of the game. There's no doubt in my mind that Mitch Marner is a franchise player. Both of these guys being in franchise players um, and not really getting it done in the playoffs. I know that's going to that's gonna hurt some people because franchise players are supposed to get it done, right? Nathan McKinnon got it done. Kucherov got it done. Stamkos, Hedman, uh, Makar. You know, McDavid's won a bunch of rounds now at this point in his career with Dreisaitl. You know, these guys still have only won one singular round in their careers, and they've only won a max of five games in a playoffs so there's a lot to be desired in terms of success from these franchise guys. And, you know, squarely, you look at those two in particular, especially this past series against Florida, where neither were particularly good. You no, know, Matthews didn't score a goal in that entire series. Um, he was hurt, granted, but still. Um, but I still, these two are very obviously franchise players, both top 12 to 15 players in the league. I mean, as much as people may not like uh, the antics of Mitch Marner um, and think that he may be a bit of a, you know, a, a dink off the ice or whatever, however they feel about him uh, personally, hell of a hockey player, hell of a hockey player. And the Leafs are lucky to have two players um, like this on their team and have two franchise guys leading the way. 
Yeah, I mean, and and teams would kill to have one of these guys. Who would they ever? Like you can, you can. These fans can complain all they want about these guys. That I mean, people I have heard complain about these guys. Go look at some other teams that are just starving for the the level of talent that both Marner and Matthews possess. Right. So, like they're like any other team, they're superstars. They both. I mean, they're on the Leafs are superstars, but on every other team, they're superstars. 100%. Hundred uh, percent. All right. Next up, we've got big old Jake McCabe. I was about to say Brian McCabe for some reason. I was. I. I, I had. I heard the kind of the, the B, and I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Quickly adjusted to big instead of Brian, and went with big old Jake McCabe. Good save. Um, I kind of outed you on that. That's all good. I, I. I deserve to be outed for that one. To be honest with you, where where are you where are you looking at for for Jake McCabe here? Well. I think he's going to be a top four player, top four defenseman, and he's going to be probably the top Pelly killer. He's going to take over the Justin Hall role. So the question is, did you view Justin Hall as an impactful NHL? Or I did. <laughs> did you? Well, I did in terms of how how he was used. I think Jake McCabe is actually going to get more uses than Justin. Oh, Hall. you mean like impactful, as in he negatively impacted games for the Maple Leafs? Like that's how impactful he was. Like, yeah, he was impactful but not in the right way. Is that what you're referring to with uh, Justin Hall or just clarifying? I mean, I didn't say it was a positive impact. Justin Hall. Had, so. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's fair. like, like uh, I, I think like for me, Jake McCabe, it's a role thing. He actually kind of fits the max Domi, maybe potentially more like he's probably going to play top four, but he's not going to be like playing top power play. He's going to be the top penalty killer, in my opinion. He's going to be in the top four, so maybe that screams more of a role player because that's his role, not any much more. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree there. Um, I think we could slot him into role player. Um, he is going to be leaned upon. Like, There's no doubt about that. He's probably the team's arguably third best defenseman, fourth best, depending on how you feel about Klingberg. We'll see if Lilligren can make the jump and kind of become a top four guy or have some more responsibilities. But right now, he's, you could probably pencil him in as, you know, a third or fourth bet defenseman on this team. But that doesn't mean that he's, you know, considered a top four guy or he's considered a top pair dude. We saw him get exposed in the playoffs, unfortunately. I think he was like a dash nine or something like that in the first round. Like it, it, it wasn't good um, for Jake McCade. But. You know, I, I I still like this the the skill set on him. I like that he's got you know a little bit of tenacity and he's not afraid to lay the big hit, um, which is something that they clearly lack on the blue line. So I think that'll be a role of of you know an aggressor from the blue line. But in terms of being an impact guy, I'm just not sure if if he's there. So I think role player is appropriate for mm-hmm. for Jake McCabe. I agree with you on that one. We're gonna take one last break and we'll get back to doing our value rankings list here on the Locked On Lease podcast. But before we do, let me tell you about our other show sponsor for today, and that is the FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So make sure you go and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season and all those other sports seasons, NHL, 
we know is just around the corner. So make sure you go and download the FanDuel Sportsbook on your phone. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, William Nylander. Bill Nye needs a contract guy. Contract really? extension guy. Yes, needs extension. You're right. He is playing this season, obviously. I, we should clarify. He does have a contract for this year, but uh, looking to extend him at the very least prior to the season beginning, which, again, we, we heard from Brad Living a week ago, and they are looking to uh, sit down and talk. Apparently, um, Nylander is currently in Toronto now at the very least, so those conversations could have been ongoing throughout the weekend and ongoing prior to training camp kicking off here on Friday. So, you know, fingers closed that we are fingers uh, not closed uh, crossed here that something happens. Um, but I am curious to see where you slot William Nylander, who's coming off of a career year and is looking for some big time dollar dollar bills. David Morissuti. This is a tough one for me because you, you hear how, I'm going to ask you that. Actually, let me let me ask you this question. Okay. What do you think William Nylander, how do you think he would slot himself in this conversation? I think impactful NHLer. I don't know if he views himself as a franchise guy. Personally. Like, you, he wants you, to be paid like a franchise guy, though. Well, here's the thing. Yes, he does. But he's not the one that everyone goes to, right? To go and talk to him about how... The team's in a rut. No one's going to William Nylander, right? To explain what's going on. Like the media aren't going to William Nylander for that, right? They're going so, to the other guys. So really quickly, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, go ahead. By the way, but is that because William Neland William Nylander is not good enough to be a franchise guy, or is that because they happen to have two players because the team's so good they already have a couple of players? that are above him in the pecking order so he doesn't have to take on those responsibilities but if he was on let's say philadelphia or if he was on arizona wouldn't you think he would be the best player on the team therefore being the franchise guy and looked upon as that guy if you were elsewhere like but see to me it's not just how the guy plays it's the other things he does right now the one thing he gets here that he doesn't get in other places he gets like commercials and things that make it help his image in terms of popularity. But to me, like I don't see him doing the things that franchise players usually do to, to kind of put themselves above any other player on the team, right? Like, for me, he's a good NHL player. And he, at times, he has elite. Like, he, he is among the elite. But... When we when you ask anybody who you're starting your franchise around, I don't know how many people are picking William Nylander. Yeah, no, I I I don't know how many people would start there, but there are probably are some teams around the NHL, some of the less fortunate teams, we'll call them, um, that would put their hand up and say, "Hey, we're willing to pay you like a franchise guy if you want to come here." Uh, so I, I, I do agree with you. I, I don't think he is a franchise player for the Maple Leafs and we're doing this tier rankings yep. for the Maple Leafs. Um, I think he, he rightfully should be placed in the impactful players. There is also the downside to William Nylander where, you know, he often 
does go quiet throughout portions of the season and sometimes lacks the, uh, you know, the, the hustle back we've, we, sometimes he doesn't, uh, you know, go balls to the wall to beat out nice and call. We've seen that once or twice in important moments as well. So I, I think, yeah, he's, he's not quite a franchise guy, but he's one hell of a player to have um, as like your secondary piece to your franchise. So uh, the Leafs, obviously, they want to lock him up long term because of that. Uh, hopefully, they can get something done. Um, but I think impactful NHLer is probably proper for for Bill Nye uh, on this Leaf squad. Okay, next up, we've got Big Bad Ryan Reeves Revo. This is an easy one. I mean, Mike would Mike would rather him be on a different tier, which is not on this team. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there? You're, you're looking... Can I make an argument? Can I make an argument? Okay. So you want to put him in depth players, yes. correct? Okay. Would you not argue that the only reason why Ryan Reeves is on this team is to play a particular role? Yeah. Like to the T, the definition of role player. Doesn't Ryan Reeves kind of fit it? He kind of does, but he's not going to be playing that role a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> and that's why he's a depth player. Like, it's in a similar way as Giordano, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's why I have him. Like, it, it, it's a good thing about having Giordano in that depth spot. It's like you can say, yeah, he plays a role, but he's not going to be doing it a lot. So just like yeah. Gio, we're not expecting to see all. Oh, no, Ryan Reeves playing 15, 16 minutes a night. If it if he is, somebody needs to have a little talk <laughs> about that. We got a problem if that guy's yeah. playing 15 minutes a night. I mean, there's a problem if that guy's playing 82 games mm-hmm. this year, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh yeah, depth players is definitely where Revo belongs. Um Ilya Samsonov, the goaltender, just signed a new extension with the team, three and a half million dollars. Uh, one year deal, another little prove it. Let's see what you got, type of thing. Uh, where you got Ilya Samsonov listed here? Starting goaltender has to be an impactful player. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You expect for him to have a similar season to last year in terms of success? Do you think he could take a step back? Do you think there's a higher ceiling at all for Samsonov? Mm-hmm. I, I I will take the same season from him. Like if he does the same thing, I'm good with that. I'm just wondering if you know is the defense good enough to help him? Mm. That's that's my question there. Yeah, no, it's 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 a fair one. It's definitely a fair question. It's gonna have to be a by committee. All five guys on the ice gonna have to buy into the defensive structure. That's uh for sure. All right, Morgan Riley, impact NHLer. Yeah, I, you know, even though he signed for long term, he's not a franchise defenseman uh, no. like in the way like Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman, like those guys are franchise players. So, and I and I think that's appropriate. I think if you ask, if you ask Morgan Riley, he probably believes the same thing. Otherwise, he would have asked for more money. Right? Yeah. True. True. Well, he did get he did get quite a bit of money, but he you're did not get wrong. quite a bit of money. But based on the role he plays, if he viewed himself as a franchise defenseman, 
that's a $10 million player, not a, it's a seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So similar to Willie, he's got his limitations and uh, which, you know, hinders him from being considered a franchise guy. Um, so impact, you know, impactful on each other. He was hella impactful in the playoffs though. Like, Oh yeah. Let's not forget the playoff that this guy had where he played arguably the best hockey of his career. I would say um, in the playoffs specifically in that round against the Tampa Bay lightning and even carried it over into Florida where not many players did. Um, if he could continue and build off of that, honestly, the Leafs are going to be in okay shape on the blue line. If you can get that out of Morgan Riley, if you can get TJ Brody to kind of have a bounce back year in a way and get back to being the reliable, steady, healthy TJ Brody, I don't think they'll be in you know, dire straits like is being talked about in some circles. Uh, David Camp is the next player here. I was going to just add one more note to Riley. Yeah. When he was drafted, he was drafted as a franchise guy. Like that was the. Because remember yeah. Brian, Brian Burke's famous thing, if we had number one, we would have taken Morgan Riley. So at the time, he was, for anybody who's saying, well, how are we not putting Morgan Riley there? He was viewed as that. It just didn't develop into that just because we his, there were limitations to his skill set. Well, the funny, thing is, the funny thing is, if you look at the top, was he fifth overall, Riley? Fifth fifth, overall. Yeah, if you look at the top five of that draft, Pretty sure he is the best player to come out of that. Oh, yeah, he was the best player <laughs> so, to come out of that. That was what? Yakupov, Murray. Griffin Reinhardt. Galchenyuk, then Reinhardt, then Riley. Like, it's not even close. He's not by even. far and away the best player uh, to have been drafted in that top five. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Berkey, you know, Berkey knows a thing or two. All right, now let's get to David Kampf. Uh, I'm going to put him as a role player. Yeah, agreed. We know we know what role he is. We know what he's going to be doing every night. Maybe he'll be doing a little bit too much on some occasions, but I, it's, you know he he plays that role quite well, and that's why he got that contract extension. Do you think he's playing too high in the lineup if he's you know uh, he's penciled in right now as the third line center? Is that too high for him, in your opinion? Personally, I th- it depends on how much ice time he'll get as that third line center and like how much mm-hmm. of that like defense i mean we know he's gonna be playing a lot of high def, like heavy defensive minutes yeah i, I you know maybe this is a player that's kind of reaching that's you know kind of getting better with age and experience and maybe that's hit because i know some people say oh he's getting older that's gonna be tougher some players when they develop into that role into the certain point in the career he's in his prime right he's, he's not like 20 yeah, he's only like twenty-seven, maybe. Like, right? So like, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be an issue. Twenty-eight. Because 28. the issue was when I remember when the Leafs first signed David Camp. I think it was Myrtle that wasn't very high on that signing, and a lot of people weren't high on the silent signing because this is a guy who didn't like produce a lot of offense, and you know he didn't sign as a minute like a big min but like many people kind of expect them to well because he had one goal the season prior in chicago one singular goal and he got paid 1.5 i think it was by toronto on a multi-year deal and yeah there were some people out there who did not like it but then there were some also who said ah the numbers you know he expectation he was expected to score like eight or nine or so 
And uh, lo and behold, lo and behold, he scored like well, I think ten or twelve goals his first year in Toronto. Um, so closer to what the expectation was. Um, law of averages, right? It's going to happen that way. But uh, yeah, certainly a role player. He's, you know, he's, he's going to make an impact in in on the penalty kill. Um, but in terms of making an impact offensively to be considered an impactful NHLer, you're just not going to get that. So I think his his role, he knows what it is. Shut down the opposition when you're out there, and uh, don't get scored on. And uh, he he's done a pretty good job the last couple of years. Now he's paying a little bit more money, so he's got to make sure that he can you know, continue to do that in uh, a little bit of an elevated role as the three C. All right. We're going to end part one of our franchise value rankings right here. Tomorrow we're going to do part two where Mike and I have a pretty long debate about a couple of players. One in particular that him and I did not really see eye to eye on. So you do not want to miss tomorrow's episode and part two. We're going to really dive into it. Make sure you guys comment on how you think we are ranking the players so far in our uh, franchise value rankings here. Again, this is a lot of it is what Mike and I think. You guys might have different opinions. We want to hear your opinions here on the podcast. Make sure you go and do that in the comment section below. Make sure you share this. And make sure you let everybody else know that we're doing this sort of content here on the Locked On These podcasts. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.